We ask for your deepest sympathy this week. Um, Today marks a difficult day where it is the first time that myself and Jolan have had a conversation. Um, It's been a tough few days, we'll be honest. Um, Not slept very well, not ate very well. Um, Feeling feeling a bit worse for weather. Um, How are you doing, Jolan? I mean, it's it's been a tough few days, hasn't it? Well, the Leafs weren't kidding when uh, their whole strap line for the, the return of this series was don't blink because uh, they really could have just carried that on with saying don't blink and you'll miss it when it comes to the Leafs postseason. All their hype videos were based around that, which I thought was great at the time. Now I look back and think actually, well, yeah, spot on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've, got, I've got so little to say about them. Right, well, before we make this a podcast about the Toronto Maple Leafs, let's get down to business because, yeah, that was the play-in round-robin round. Today, as we record this podcast, actually, the first game uh, is facing off as the Stanley Cup playoffs officially begin. What have we actually got to look forward to here? Barry Trotz of New York Islanders is set to face his old team, the Washington Capitals. Uh, Plus, will there be revenge or will history repeat itself as we see some similar matchups for the second season, playoff season, in a row? Uh, We've got, fortunately, someone who's a little bit more positive to help support us on this podcast. We'll play some music and we'll come back and Jolon will cheer the F up. There's no way that we can like we can't we cannot continue to be this depressed about being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. We're just how on earth are we going to get through a podcast by talking about all of the other teams, and <laughs> not focusing at all on what happened last week? Yeah, do you know what? Let's just park it for a second. Let, let let's do that. Let's just talk about a couple of things. I mean, when you kind of think of what happened last week. Um, you know, Matt Day's here with us, a Dallas Stars fan. Hello. Matt, are you surprised that we're not seeing Sidney Crosby, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid? I mean, like, like there's, there's huge stars of the NHL, which are not even going to the playoffs. You know, the fact that Pittsburgh were knocked out by Montreal Canadiens. That wasn't on our wall chart. <laughs> but isn't that why we love hockey? Because it's so unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, you, you take an individual. I can tell you game. one thing that's predictable, Matt. I can tell you one thing that's very predictable. Sorry, sorry, we're not talking about them. Carry on. Sorry, <laughs> it started. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you can take a single game and you can be three 0 up and and lose a three 0 lead and lose the game. We've seen that several times in this playoff series. And yeah, it, I think hockey is unpredictable. We showed that with our predictions in the first podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, another matchup that we didn't see coming uh, was the Edmonton Oilers and Chicago Blackhawks. Credit to Abby, who's a Chicago fan living in Leeds. I mean, wow. I can't remember what she tweeted the other day. Um, something about Corey Crawford deserves to be knighted, I think was her words. They're, I think that's going to be a great matchup with, with Vegas because... Chicago are just, you know, they're, they're going for it now. They've, they've made it through. Nobody expected them to get through. They've made it through. They are an offensive side. Uh, 
Cooper League looks great. Um, we, if Crawford plays well, um, then it's going to be a really offensive series again, like with the Oilers, and, and that could be a really good series. But I do think Vegas are definitely favourites, but it's going to be interesting. Fun yeah. that they're coming up against Robin Leonard as well, who they traded at the deadline to Vegas. He's like, starting in game one as well, apparently. I know, amazing. So it's going to be great, <laughs> yeah. So many little storylines. You know, just like looking, the only clean sweep was Carolina Hurricanes and New York Rangers. Um, and New York Rangers, well, I don't know whether I'd be laughing or crying if I was a, a New York Rangers fan right now, because whilst they got kicked out uh, without a chance of the playoff, they did end up getting the bizarre thing that was the NHL draft first pick. I mean, I didn't end up watching the NHL draft because it was on like about, what, 11... 12 at night, wasn't it? UK time last night. You guys did watch it and Matt, you were describing how weird the ceremony was. For those who missed it, give us a little flavour of your commentary on the whole situation. (laughs) I just found it so bizarre. It was like this guy walking down the corridor at the beginning with a secure briefcase with all the balls in, with a, a mask on. And he, you know, they're filming him coming down the corridor, make it very, very sort of um, film-like. And then the, the bit that really got me was they were putting the balls in, and Gary Bettman had to confirm the logo of every team on the ball, and it was just tedious. And by the third one, he was trying to come up with different ways of saying, "Yes, that is the logo of the New York Rangers." <laughs> it's just, um, and then. They press a button and a ball pops up and that's it. It's all over. It's it just... I just couldn't believe they managed to even make half an hour out of it. Like, it was just one of those things, as you say, it was over in a flash. And I guess I guess the that all came from verifying, you know, all the names are in the hat and stuff is because people are just waiting for some kind of conspiracy. If Pittsburgh, Edmonton, Toronto had got that first overall pick, it would have just been a mess on Twitter in terms of hockey fans going mad saying this is, you know, just insane. So they almost had to make a kind of bleedingly obvious show of the fact that this was a totally fair and random process, which any right-minded person knows is the case. But still, I'm actually quite glad that New York got it because out of, if I take any biases out of uh, the equation and I look at the teams who were in that draw, you know, they're a team who are going through the, a rebuild. I know they got Kako second overall, what, last year or year before or whatever. Um, but they were, you know, they were one of those teams who, so what, they lost the play-in. They, they would have kind, they would have probably got into the playoffs just, um, but it would have been a tight thing and they were over, they were ahead of where they should be, really. So for them to get this pick is, is probably for the NHL, apart from New York being one of those big teams, big money teams, probably for New York is one of the best results that they could have had out of that, considering the fact that there were some really big names in there who, who yeah, would have been very unpopular if they'd have got Lafreniere. You know, what I found, like, quite crazy was to know how um, New York Rangers hadn't had a first-round pick since 1965. Like, what? Yeah. That's a long well, time ago. I, I can't remember how long it was since Toronto had one, but I remember when Matthews was picked, I remember being shocked at how long it was since they got a first round pick. And then you think, well, actually, they are quite rare. And, you know, there's particularly teams who, you know, there might be teams who who clog them up for a few years if they're really bad for a long time. But teams like the Rangers and, 
and some of those other dynasty teams, you know, who had really good long runs and then were never terrible. That, that I mean, that, and that's what you need to be to get a first overall pick. You need to be terrible or at least to up your chances. Mm. So, so yeah, I, I was quite surprised it was that long for the Rangers. Do you feel sorry for teams like Detroit? I know Ads has been on Ads from Oz has been on Twitter, um, and I don't think he's best pleased that Detroit were so bad and they're picking fifth. That's what it's called a draft, you know. It, yeah. It's 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 about luck. It's not about fairness, I suppose. In that that's how it is. I mean, what well, there was a twelve and a half percent that Edmonton Oilers were going to get that first pick, and how many bloody picks have they had first picks? Blooming loads. What is it four or something like that? I can't remember how many it is in the last four years or something. It's this off the charts, and where's that got them? Nowhere. I mean, it's like if people were even saying about the Leafs, you know, I'm, how awful cool. it was for the Leafs. But then getting the first draft pick wasn't going to be the solution to all the Toronto Maple Leafs problems anyway. We haven't got a long enough podcast to talk about the Maple Leafs problems. <laughs> no. Or enough money to sort That'd the cap dead. problem as well. But, but yeah, on the, but on that point about, uh, you know, the, the, the first overall draft pick going wherever it was I don't like I, I, I do like the parity in the in the NHL about how bad teams get you know good draft picks so they're not bad for long but I don't like tanking so and you know I don't know I, I wouldn't say that Detroit intentionally tanked but they certainly didn't do anything to, to try this year and that's a legitimate strategy in the NHL and that's fine but I I would prefer a league that didn't automatically reward that because then that just ends up in there being get meaningless games against a team that is trying not to win. So every now and again, when a team that finishes rock bottom doesn't get the first overall draft pick, I, I, I kind of like that. I'm sure if it was my team, I'd be annoyed, but I kind of like it just to stop teams going for that kind of rock bottom tank. And I, th- I think uh, you're right. so there's at least a bit of drama. Tank- tanking, I think, is a thing of the past. I mean, if if Detroit were tanking, then that makes Dallas really bad because I think they beat us twice. So, <laughs> what does that say about us? But yeah, I I, I, I don't think teams tank anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think they just the 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 worst teams end up at the bottom over the course of the season, and the draft was brought in to stop. Uh, the sorry, the lottery was brought in to try and stop people tanking, and I do think that that's that's kind of working. I don't think we're seeing the same deliberate tanking that we we saw many years ago i guess what might be interesting coming up is like what's going to happen in terms of trades you know now that there's more teams that are kind of out than in or are there or they're in no there's more in than out just by one but um i think this is where i've kind of previously tuned out of any kind of trade rumors but now i'm kind of quite interested for multiple reasons obviously um but yeah, let's kind of park what could be in terms of those who haven't made it through. And let's really just look at who has made it through potential matchups, interesting stories. Um, you know, Matt, you have gone and proper geeked out. I'm loving it in like comparison to comparison of Dallas and Calgary for your matchup. And let's just say the headline is Jesus, they're similar. I can't take credit for it. I'm going to credit the Athletic, uh, but 
basically we were in the regular season separated by a single win. Uh, the power play efficiencies are exactly the same, pretty much. Uh, both teams got 26 goals from defensemen. Uh, both have a forward from the 2011 uh, Boston Bruins uh, Stanley Cup winning side in Tyler Sagan and Milan Lucic. And uh, both sides are currently being coached by interim coaches. Wow. I mean, so what is this? Flip a coin and see who wins? I mean, what? because a lot of people are kind of saying about like momentum, right? Will the momentum of the teams that went through the playing series actually give them a better chance than the guys who went through the round robin? You know, like say CBJ fought hard for five games. So are they going to be a bit more spiky than say a Tampa? I, I think the teams that have come in from the play-ins are the favourites in most cases. Because I think we, we touched on it last week, the round-robin games weren't as high-intensity, weren't as physical as the, the play-ins. They weren't as like playoff hockey as we're, we're used to seeing. And if you're coming into a playoff series against a team that's already been through a, a playoff series in inverted commas, um, having, having just played three almost meaningless games for some teams, um, I, th- I think you're at a disadvantage. I think the, the key for most of the matchups is going to be how quickly do the round-robin teams adjust. Can they adjust after a period? Can they come straight into it hot? Or is it going to take two, two games? Because if it takes two or three games to get going, pretty much out because it's a long way back so I wouldn't I would yeah I wouldn't be surprised if we saw quite a few game ones going to the team who played in a play-in because they're going to be hitting the ground running and and yeah I wonder whether there will be a bit of an adjustment for for those other teams but then as the series progress and remember of course we're now up to the normal seven game series so game one isn't as vital as it was in the play-ins I wonder if then the 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 kind of injury toll and an hour a game toll on the bodies will start to rack up against the playing teams a little bit more than perhaps the round robin teams depending on their injury scenario so i wouldn't be surprised if we see quite a few shocks in the first round uh, sorry the first game or two where the playing teams nick a game or two but then whether those teams then can turn it round or not you know um, that might happen over the seven games or the playing teams are so used to playing a five game series now and that level of intensity they just go full out and just hope to win in uh, in clean sweeps yeah because you know like um tampa and columbus they met in the first round of the playoffs last year didn't they and columbus swept Tampa straight out like do we think there's a chance that that could happen again I mean Tampa did yeah. well in their round robin you know they I think they came second in their seeding list um have they learned from the mistakes that were there Columbus don't have Sergei Bobrovsky this season but they do have a great goalie tandem happening um we saw that you know in the least that Eunice Corpusello, I think, is, is uh, and I tweeted it, I, I think he's one of the underrated goalies in the league. I mean, I always think he's like an acrobat. The way that guy moves is like quite beautiful. Uh, but then his other man, I forget the backup goalie, the number Elvis. two. There you go. Just call him Elvis. Elvis. He's also Elvis pretty good as well. 
Yeah, I think he's a great goalie as well, great backup. I, I disagree with you with Corpusello. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, he had a great series and I, w- I would certainly wouldn't take it away from that. But the particularly in the latter part and certainly game five, he, he had an average game because he only had to be average to keep a shutout. It's probably one of the easiest shutouts he's ever he's ever had in his career. And so I don't think... It, it's going to be interesting between the two of them because I was impressed by both goalies and, and going in with a tandem is obviously a fantastic thing to be able to do because you can go, you can ride the... Uh, you know, you can just play the hot hand and just keep going with that, which is what Tortorella did. But I... I I don't know. I, I don't think he is as epic as possibly some have made out because I think the Leafs gave him a very... Uh, they certainly didn't help themselves in some of the shot choices and shot quality that they made. Um, and so it is going to be interesting to see because you would look at Tampa and as quite similar to the Leafs in their approach and you would think, well, if Columbus can do the same as they did to Toronto against Tampa, then there's no reason why they can't get a win out of that because they stifled the Leafs and why can't they stifle Tampa? I don't think over a seven-game series, Columbus are going to be able to play the way they did against Toronto and not be punished more by Tampa because I think Tampa have just got so much more depth in their offence than the Leafs had and I think that's going to be the thing that ultimately does for Columbus in that first round because Tampa will be relentless and relentless in more than just one stupid line where they you know they're not going to top load their top line with all of their star players they're going to get three lines I, I love how even in talking about other teams you start complaining about the Leafs it's brilliant yeah this reminds yeah. you of that time when I banned Jolon from talking about the Leafs for like 20 minutes and he managed to do it, but everything comes back to his team. I mean, you can't forgive it's like therapy. This, <laughs> well, you can't. The, the kind of similarities with, I, I, you know, I appreciate it is it's a Leafs take, but there is there are similarities to the way that Tampa and Toronto play, and the fact that you've got Columbus going from Toronto to Tampa is a fascinating matchup because yeah, it's almost like you've gone all right, you've beaten the, that team that play like that. Now play the team who play like that the best. And that is what Tampa have done. And of course, yeah, you've got the added excitement of the fact that Columbus did for them in the in the first round last year. I think Tampa are going to beat them. I think, I think Tampa are, are going to learn from their mistakes and they're not going to want to have a repeat of that this year. My, my head agrees with you that, you know, Tampa are too strong. But as a neutral, I want Columbus to win that game one just to see what Tampa are made of. Because imagine oh, yeah. that dressing room... Losing yeah. the first game, the same as last yeah. year, and, and starting to doubt yourself and think, oh, they're yeah. going to beat us 4-0 again, it's happening again, and we're going to really see what they're made of. So, so for me, I'd love a Columbus win in the first game, and then let's, let's see what happens, and it could be a, a brilliant series. I mean, yeah. haven't, and they may, so, well, they may well have that, and they may well, Columbus have got the ability, we've seen now, that they've got the ability to shut an offensive team down. So I, I don't see... I don't see why they can't win the odd game. It's whether they can sustain that over seven games. Is whether I think also you've got to factor in that Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman are also injured at the moment. Um, two Is key Stamkos pieces. Not back yet? Mm, I think it was unclear whether he was going to be available. Is the last update I saw two days ago. Um, 
So, because I was kind of thinking, oh, great, we could play Tampa, brilliant. And they're a bit injured, even better. Um, but hey. Yeah. Anyway, uh, other matchups. There are many things, Claire, in life that would be great, wouldn't there? But then you go and support Toronto and you're not allowed them. <laughs> but let's, let's go to someone that we do like to hate, uh, and that is Boston Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes. Um, these guys met last season in the playoffs, but it was in the Eastern Conference Finals where Boston swept Carolina 4 0. Um, Boston, we put Boston and Dallas as two of the teams that we thought could make it to the Stanley Cup final when we predicted this back in October. I'm not sure whether we would all say the same teams now. Um, and Boston have seemed to pick up some injuries. They kind of lost their form, particularly in these round robin matches. Uh, whereas Carolina were strong, they had grit, they had a couple of punch-ups, there was um, you know, plenty of goals going on as well. I mean, could Carolina Hurricanes give Boston Bruins a room for their money this time in this matchup? I'm hoping so, for lots of reasons, yeah, yeah. but on paper, it looks quite like it could be a good one. I, I think Carolina are a I, really I, organised yeah. team, and, and they're going to yeah. be tough to beat. And... and you know, Boston have come off the back of three losses in the in the round robin. I, I, this, this this is one of the series to watch. I think. Yeah, I really I think that I mean my heart says Carolina because I you know I, I'd love to see them obviously beat Boston, but um, but also they Carolina are such a good team to watch because they they play in such a way that they've got brilliant they're they're brilliant deep unit Carolina and they're tough to break down their foot but then but then likewise their forwards they've got you know um uh Sebastian Ajo is just a wonder to watch to play hockey he's just so good and uh I call him Shevchenko but that was the footballer wasn't it what's his name Svechnikov is it Svechnikov who's the other Carolina guy and watching those two play and some of the other players that they've got in there as well and some of the trades they made on the deadline um you know they've got Vincent Trocek who you know is uh, a great ad for them on the deadline that I completely forgot was a cane until I was watching them in the in plays the only worry I have about Carolina is their goaltending because it's so hot and cold you know uh Morazic is sometimes Vesna worthy, other times he's an eight five save percentage, like it's it's abysmal. And then, you know, they chuck in Reimer and James Reimer is another one who, you know, is probably mediocre more than he's great, but every now and again he'll have a great performance, but he's not reliable. So I just worry that Boston will capitalise on that. But I think if 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 Carolina could score enough and they can hold enough shots away from their goaltenders, then I think this is going to be a fascinating series. Like Matt, I think this is probably one of the most interesting series to watch because of how low Boston are coming into this with how bad their round robin was. Um, and of course, yeah, I'm hoping the Canes. I, I've decided I'm going to be, this is, I mean, this is a kiss of death, isn't it? But I've decided I'm going to be a Canes fan for the, for this round. Really? So that's going to be my new team that I'm going to follow into the, uh, yeah, well, it doesn't. I mean, to bring it back to the Leafs, it doesn't you know, harm that they've got half a dozen Leafs, former Leafs playing for them. 
Um, I'd love to see Jake Gardner do well. Um, but yeah, so I'm hoping, obviously, Carolina do well, but I think it's going to be a fascinating series. Mm. So the team that I am kind of like, oh, I'm interested in you, um, Philadelphia Flyers, um, you know, they, they absolutely came out the stalls hot for the round robin. Um, I don't know, did you guys kind of watch any of their games? Um, what did you think? I, I, I caught a couple of their games and I was really impressed. I think they were the one of the, the teams that went into the round robin with a real purpose mm-hmm. and it looked and it looked like it they they looked at it and said we've got an opportunity here to get the top seed and gain a real advantage whereas i think some of the other teams looked at the round robin and went it's three warm up games um mm-hmm. and so yeah i i i can, i see them going past montreal um and and maybe even going going even further, um, they're they're really clicking at the moment. I think we were mentioning on one of the other podcasts that they they had really good form at the end of the season. They were one of the hottest teams uh, at the yeah, lockdown. So they they've picked up where they left off, and and yeah, I think they're they're the ones to watch in the in the East. The unknown for me in this series is Montreal, because I know that they beat Pittsburgh, which obviously is impressive. But, I mean, I watched probably uh, two, two and a bit of that series, and I was really disappointed with Pittsburgh. <laughs> they, they really didn't even look like... I mean, they, they didn't look like they were back yet. And it was it's almost like they missed the memo that they weren't in the round robin and they were having to do the play-in. And... You know, watching the final game when Montreal were up and Pittsburgh needed to to come back to to get it, I was waiting for the kind of the big surge, the kind of you know the the all out Pittsburgh pressure, the Malkin, the Crosby lines, all of these kind of stuff, and and it just never really it never really happened. So while it, it's impressive what Montreal did, because nobody expected them to do it, it will be interesting to see them in a matchup now against a hot team because uh, you know Pittsburgh weren't that at all. And so uh, I would I would back the Flyers because of course, but who knows? Carey Price is a is an unknown entity. He could he could win him a few games, and uh, yeah, I, I, again, interesting series. But I'd, I'd back Philadelphia. I think they're, well, I think their round robin form. I think we necessarily would, but then you know, I was reading some articles today about some of these matchups, and it talked about how Flyers' power play was really quite poor. Um, they had gone 0 for 11 over three games. Uh, their penalty kill was pretty good, um, allowing just one goal in 10 opportunities. Um, and they they were kind of comparing in terms of like five on five. Um, they were kind of like, there could be some similarities here. Both Montreal and Philadelphia are not great really on special teams. But the goaltending of Carey Price is what, if you had to flip a coin, could be the kind of, that could be the, the thing that, that could change this series. So one man, because the special teams aren't up there. So if one of the teams improves their special teams, maybe that could also change things up. Carter Hart yeah, is, is, feel, is a good, is a good, uh, good matchup. I think I read somewhere. It's a, yeah, it's a great Carter matchup. Hart, that, isn't it? Carter Hart's uh, favourite goalie as a, a kid was, or growing up was. Yeah, Hart, so, I know. You know he's getting, 
play against him in a playoff series and and if ever you're going to make a like a real name for yourself he's already obviously made a massive impression on the league but um yeah if ever you're going to make a real name for yourself go and take out your idol in the playoffs yeah so then let's not like kind of continue this um the history and the entwining of all this Washington Capitals and New York Islanders, you know, the fact that Barry Trotz is facing his former team, we knew it was probably going to happen eventually. Um, like what, what do we think about this? New York Islanders were like a bit all over the shop from, from my memory over the last season. And Washington Capitals have, I don't know. They don't seem as dominant. They don't seem that they've ever been as dominant since they won the cup. Um, But then you would assume, wouldn't you, that Washington would progress? But will it? I don't. I haven't looked into the stats when we kind of do this, like comparing special teams and power play and how their kind of performance. I mean, New York Islanders won three games over one against Florida Panthers, which Florida Panthers were a bit all over the shop anyway. Um, yeah. So, I mean, woohoo. Caps were third in their seeding, I want to say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they took Tampa to a shootout. That was pretty feisty in the round robin. So I, I don't really know what to expect. I'm not really excited about this matchup, but my gut would say Caps would go forwards, but that's not really based on any kind of statistical sense. I think with this one, it's a bit of an unknown because, as you said, the Islanders had a very easy series against the Panthers, who, by all accounts, really you know, didn't really turn up for the play-ins that much. Um, and then you know, Washington were in the round robin. But the thing with Washington is... I, I'm always I always forget that they are anything but a one man team. It's not it's not the Ovechkin show, much as he is an outstanding talent and a, a dangerous threat. But I always remember when people talk about Washington and they show video replay of their power plays and Ovechkin scoring from uh, from his from his home in the on ice, you know, in the wheelhouse and just absolutely blasting these one timers in on power plays. Everyone keeps saying why leave Ovechkin open? Why leave him open? Somebody that dangerous? Well, the reason why you have to leave him open is because there are so many other great players on that Caps team that you have to worry about. And, you know, Kuznetsov and Oshie and all of these other players who play huge parts and give Ovechkin the time and space he needs to score as many goals as he does. I think, you know, with Holtby in a, you know, he's another goaltender who we don't know what we're going to get out of him. I think they're. Uh, I think they'll overpower the Islanders, but then it's going to be a, you know, a real physical matchup because you know the Caps aren't afraid. You know they've got like Tom Wilson and all those guys. They're not afraid of a, a heavy hit. The New York Islanders, if you go through all the stats of the of the regular season, they always come out on top in blocks and hits and all of this kind of stuff. And so it could be quite a, a physical grinding series between those two, and. But you would think the star power of the Caps will tip them over the edge, over the likes of the Islanders, who are going to need huge performances from, you know, Pajot and players like that. And I'm I'm just not sure they've got enough in them to overcome that firepower. Well, interestingly, in the regular season, not that that ever really matters in the playoffs, and it's that long ago, who bloody remembers? But the four matchups they did have were two apiece, two wins each. Mm. 
Yeah. I don't know. Toss, toss I, a coin. I, I, yeah, I think with yeah, I think it is. But I, I, I you know, I'd, I'd be tempted to lean towards the Caps just because of the the firepower they have. Okay, so in the East, we are saying Philadelphia, Tampa, Washington, and Carolina to progress. Let's switch over so to the Carolina. Are we? That's that's the because uh, <laughs> that's the that's the only real upset in that, isn't it? Or is it? The, we've gone with the round robin um, team on all but Carolina. I, think, I mean, is that is that who we think is going to get through, or who we'd like to get through? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know I can speak for me and Claire when I say I know who we'd like <laughs> to get through. But, yeah. Let, let's go west then. Um, uh, you know, let's look at Colorado, Arizona Coyotes. This is the first time Arizona are in the playoffs since 2012. I did not know that. And you know, Colorado um, made it through to the divisional final, second round. Um, last year, uh, but they were knocked out by the Sharks. I mean, who? Who's the San Jose Sharks? Anyone know them? Anyone remember them? Um, so, you know, you would think with the star power, as you described it, Jolon, Nathan McKinnon, you know, these guys are like on fire. Colorado are one of the teams that we kind of had highlighted as ones to watch as kind of could this be their year? Our lovely friend Nazim Kadri um, causing grief and you know, mixing things up. Arizona behind the scenes have had so much going on with the GM, you know, getting fired, leaving, whatever it was. Um, But that didn't seem to affect them because, I mean, the Nashville-Arizona play-in round, I really, really enjoyed watching that. I mean, the final game actually went to overtime and Nashville were down uh, and scored, I think it was literally within the last couple of minutes, last 30 seconds or something, to tie it, to take it to overtime. And then Arizona um, scored and took the win, and bye-bye Nashville. Um, I thought it was really, really exciting. I mean, I think this would be a huge upset if Arizona knocked Colorado out, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think Coral. I mean, you you you've watched the map firsthand against against your team, but I think Colorado have got to be favourites for the for the whole thing, haven't they? Going into this, I I think Colorado are favourites for the whole thing. Uh, not that that means anything, um, nah. but I think uh, this series for Arizona, it it falls so much on goaltending. I know it always does, <laughs> but they rely quite heavily on Darcy Kemper, and he's got to be on incredible form to stop Nathan McKinnon, Rantanen and Landeskog and everybody else that they've got uh, and even Cal McCarr and, and people on the, the blue line um, in a seven seven game series he's got to be you know the the winner for them uh, I just can't see them doing it over seven games I just I just think Colorado are much much too strong but but Arizona do have players um, as we spoke about last week, who offensively can can get them goals, so it does it does kind of fall on that all on that defense a little bit. I'll be amazed if this isn't a sweep. If I'm honest, I just think Colorado look like they've got the bit between their teeth, and it's always hard to predict a sweep, isn't it? Because you never know where they're going to come from. But if you had to go, if you had to put money on it then this, I, I think this matchup is as close to a sweep as possible. Which means it will go to seven games. Now I've said that. So, oh, I feel like we're probably... Seven games. 
we'll end up doing like a collage of all the stupid things that we said and then play it at the end of the season. And that could be one of those clips, Jolon. Um, yeah, it could, it could have been. Although I am enjoying uh, thinking back to, I know this brings it back to the Leafs, but I'm enjoying bringing it back to last week when I was really down on the Leafs and you lot were like, oh, come on, cheer up. It's not that bad. You'll win that series. And I was like, no, we won't. So, never know, maybe I'm on a hot streak of predictions. Ouch. Right, okay, ones that we would also assume would go through over others. You know, Vegas Golden Knights over Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, who, who, you would assume Vegas have been a strong, consistent team throughout the last season. But then you look at the history behind Chicago, it's a bit of a mixed bag in more recent history. Yes, they've won the Cup three times since 2010. The last time they won the Cup was 2015, but they haven't made the playoffs since 2017. Is it a fluke that they've managed to get here? Well, Edmonton, you know, I I was um, listening to some of the roundups by Gene Principe um, after the Oilers... um, uh, series and then them leaving the playing round and he was talking about how the Oilers lacked size they lacked grit um, they were too soft and basically you don't win um, a game uh, with two with, with just two guys it's not basketball um, and saying that the better team went through so was that really a challenge for Chicago anyway now you come to a team like Vegas who seem pretty much like an all-round team I don't see many weaknesses in this team. I mean, I'm just kind of having a quick look and see if they picked up any injuries. Um, they dominated, didn't they, in the round robin? Am I right in thinking they were high up, one or two? Uh, number one, and they did all of it without Max Pacioretty. There you go. Now back. So, yeah, it's I, Vegas are going to be tough to beat. I, do, I, I just have a feeling this, this series is going to be closer than we think, though. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe it's foolish, well, but... Chicago, uh, Chicago were in a bit of a last chance saloon, aren't they? I mean, this is this is bonus time for them. They weren't probably even going to make the playoffs under the normal format, and so they've now found themselves in the play-ins. And they've, you know, realistically, this is probably the last chance for the combination of you know the core that they've got of Kane and Taves and the like of all um, all together going for. There's probably about half a dozen on their team that are like that, and they probably know that. You know, give this one more shot. We could actually get another Stanley Cup out of this, and and then we'll all kind of go our separate ways. And I, I don't know. I think it, it would be tough to bet against Chicago because of how they handled Edmonton and made them look like a pretty average team. Um, but but yeah, Vegas. I think this is again this this matchup as as Matt said. This is going to be close, um, and I think there's it, it, this one could be one of those ones that goes right down to Game Seven. Um, and it is going to come down to how how well those stars play and how well Crawford plays in goal for for the Blackhawks and hey, yeah, I, I love the Robin Leonard story because he's such an outspoken character around the league. He's he's one of the rare goaltenders who ever speaks out about anything. And the fact he was traded from Chicago to Vegas on the deadline and now he's facing them in, in the first round is. It's just going to be fascinating um, mm. to see how that series is going to happen. I mean, I didn't realise that... Okay, uh, with the, just on that, on that with the, with the bracket now, because I really don't understand how they've done it this year, but is it now bracketed? So can you see now who you no. would be playing against? 
No, so it's reseeded each time. Uh, well, just the next round is reseeded. So, uh, say Vegas go through, they play the lowest yeah. rank side that goes through. So, because they're the number one, okay. they would play the lowest rank side so, out of the West. So, sticking with East and West for this bit until, yeah. well, obviously, until the final. But they, right, okay. So, we don't know whether they come out. Because I'd love them. Um, I was wondering whether it would be possible, but it wouldn't. I'd love a um, Chicago, Colorado final. That would be a, a cracker in the final to see whether. But, yeah, can't happen. Oh, well, never mind. Move on. I didn't realize that Corey Crawford had. Uh tested positive for COVID-19 in training camp. I didn't realise he was one of the yeah. people to do so. He um, was, wasn't he? Although they did do another round, didn't they, of testing? And again, no zero cases. It is, it's remarkable what the NHL have managed to do. I mean, it was, a, it was a, I suppose, maybe obvious, but also a touch of genius doing it all in Canada because, you know, they've been able to, you know, been in a country far less affected with you know far more rules around it but it is incredible what they have managed to achieve and to get this far and you know without any kind of major breaches of the bubble you would think they'd be safe now through to the final um but yeah incredible what they've managed to achieve hmm so then let's um let's look at st louis blues and vancouver canucks um I didn't realise actually these guys have played each other um, in playoff series before Vancouver Canucks won each of the three times that they played a series against each other. Um, But Blues have a title to defend. I mean, it was a huge rush, wasn't it, last season? Was it a fluke? Can they do it again? I don't know, actually. um, Vancouver have always been one of those ones that I've never really kind of engaged in as much because most of the games are at 3.30am UK time, um, which some of us occasionally have to sleep. Um, So I I don't really know much about this this meetup. Have you guys kind of done any digging? Well, I I thought that Minnesota got through. So that's how much digging I did into it. Um, I don't know why I thought Minnesota would team. I thought they beat the Canucks, but obviously they didn't. Um, I did watch a bit of that series, though, a couple of games, and I was really impressed with the intensity of it. Um, Vancouver, again, are, are heavily reliant on a couple of youngsters, you know, Pettersson and um, Hughes on D, and Markstrom in gold has been brilliant this season. <sighs> again, I, I don't think they're going to have enough, though. Uh, I think St. Louis are. You know, in the regular season, St. Louis were great, and you know you've got to you've got to think that is going to play a little bit of a factor in terms of the way that a team's going to handle a seven-game series. And I think St. Louis have whether they've got enough to go and win the cup again. I'm not sure, but I don't think they've lost enough this season to to make you think that they couldn't beat a team like Vancouver, who again were a bit of a you know they they were a proper playing team. They were a team that could have made the playoffs or or may have missed out. Um, so and beating the Minnesota Wild, you know, while it was a good series, it's not the toughest of opponents. Um, so it's hard to see St. Well, Louis losing this. But then we are going with the we're going with the top team a lot here, and there are often upsets in the first round. Looking at the kind of the strengths and the weakness of of some of these, like the numbers, like NHL's posted some of the playoff previews, and it kind of posted a little section about numbers to know, and it talked about. St. Louis Blues um, third period is their weak point. They were always outscored in their third period. Um, and Vancouver 
love scoring um, more in the second, third and overtime. So actually, if you kind of see that the Blues are winning in the first period, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to continue because then Canucks could come alive near the end. But also uh, that Canucks, most of the goals uh, were scored by seven people. So it actually kind of shows quite a lot of depth. That, that stat about um, St. Louis's third period played out in the play, uh, the round robins as well. So they were, leading, they were leading against Colorado and ended up losing 2-1 to the um, 0.01 second goal from Kadri. Yeah. Uh, I think they were beating the Knights uh, in the first period and ended up losing 6-4. And they were beating Dallas 1-0 and ended up conceding with 30 seconds to go and losing in a shootout. So that that regular season start actually played out in the, the round robins, which um, surprises me. But Head says St. Louis are too strong, but they've not looked great in the in the round robin. And I think this is the series where if Vancouver can start the series well, like we were saying, coming off the back of a play play in series, I think they could go on and win it. I quite it like feels, that. It, this, yeah, this series feels like it's down to Vancouver, like as to how they play. Yeah. You kind of know what you're going to get out of St. Louis, but if Vancouver can step up and really perform well, then yeah, maybe they'll make a series of it. That said, the Blues are a really good matchup team. So um, mm. where they do well is by shutting down um, teams that do have scoring issues. So if Vancouver have only got seven players that are scoring most of their goals, St. Louis are really good and organised at shutting down those those lines, um, and and that could be the key for them if they can stop those seven players scoring. You know, Pettersson doesn't necessarily get enough help, uh, Bosa and others, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. So who are we saying? I really, then? Know, I, I really don't know why I thought Minnesota won that series. I'm really glad that you said something about that first, Claire, because I look like a right wally if I'd have said that. Well, actually, <laughs> I think Minnesota could cause an upset here. <laughs> no, they can't. They definitely can't. I don't know why. Who do, who do we think then? Are we saying Vancouver? This is another one where no. we think we're saying who who we'd like to go through. I'm I'm going to say Saint, Head says St. Louis, but I wouldn't be. I'd really, uh, I'd really like Vancouver <laughs> to win. Yeah, of course you would. I mean, it's your Boston, isn't it? You would. Uh, of course you'd like them out. I I don't know. I I think it's a it, yeah. As we said, it's down to Vancouver to what they do, but I think St. Louis will probably win that one. Okay, so head and heart. And so then the you Dallas... you deciding vote, Claire, on that one. Uh, well, I always like to vote with my heart. And so for me, Vancouver and Carolina are going to go uh, through over Boston and St. Louis Blues. Because who wants to play sensible in being a fan? I mean, you want heart, you want upsets, you want drama. I mean, we don't care anymore. We want to cause as much drama and upsets as possible. I don't want to go for the boring, obvious choice. <laughs> Yawn. Dallas, Calgary, Matt, what, what is going to happen here? I mean, we could say what we think, but what do you think is going to happen? Lord only knows. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the stars have been just pretty awful. <laughs> There's been there's been a few periods where they've looked all right. I thought they were the better team against St. Louis, but we just can't score. Um, 
we're not really creating any golden chances either, and that and that's a bit of a concern. Um, how quickly can they get people like Sagan and Ben scoring? Because if they don't get Sagan, Ben, Radulov scoring, or and Pavelski, then you know this series will be over quickly because the Canucks score goals. That that's that's what they do. They're a physical side um, on the blue line, and they the flames with uh, sorry yeah the the flames uh, they they annoy you with players like Chuck, and they wear you down, but they also score goals. So it's going to be pretty good on the power play too. It looks yeah. like. <laughs> I really enjoyed your uh, your running commentary, Matt, of one of the games where you were bemoaning when the Stars oh. went on the power play, that wishing was the that game. Was, was saying that this was actually they were being put at a disadvantage when they went on the power play. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the Stars power play is so bad. I think um, Sean Shapiro tweeted, uh, "Doesn't a power play have to get going first before it can be killed?" <laughs> and uh, that that just summed up the Dallas power play perfectly because it it just never gets going. I mean, it do, doesn't even look close to scoring. Um, so yeah, I think we were over. It's weird that though. It's it's weird because you've got you know you've got Ben Sagan, Radulov, Pavelski. You've got you've got players and you've got decent players on D who I don't quite si- understand why you can't get at least one decent power play line out of that. The, well, we've got we've got on paper decent power play lines but I think the, the problem is the system is so defensive the system that we play is so defensive and defensive minded that players like Sagan and Ben don't score enough goals in on five on five and that knocks mm-hmm. your confidence and then on the power play you've got to be confident to hit it when you've got that lane to the net you've got to be confident to play those passes quick one touch two touch to, to move it about fast to move the defenseman around and we just completely lack confidence. And I think that comes from the lack of scoring on five on five. Has Ben Bishop played the, the whole, all of the games? Uh, no. So he was unfit to play for two, two of the round robin games. Um, oh. And they, they think he's going to be okay to start the series. They think in the St. Louis game, they were just protecting him. But hmm. I mean, he's not been great <laughs> anyway this season he's not been as good as last season so uh, Hudobin looks good I, I, I wouldn't mind Hudobin starting mm. so uh, who are you going to think that's going to go through then are you saying Dallas are you backing your team no oh, you can't ask him that of course he's got to say Dallas can't bet against your own team who would do that <laughs> I'm staying silent <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I think Calgary possibly favourites but obviously Hart, Hart says we'll, we'll come good in, in six but we'll see Calgary have always got an upset in them though I mean Calgary are, they are experts at that you know I think back to the last few years and I don't know it was a really good series against Winnipeg and they did they in the end just overpowered them but Winnipeg were such a beaten up team I mean it wasn't even a, almost a a fair series in the end. I just, I just think that goal scoring is the biggest issue for the Stars. Yeah. You know, the Flames score three, three goals a game. The Stars average, you know, probably less than two goals a game. Mm. And, and we're lucky if we get to two. So, uh, yeah, the scoring's got to start coming from somewhere. And it certainly yeah. seems it will be interesting because 
you know, just even looking at their 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 results back in February in March, you know, you're talking six goals, eight goals, six goals, three goals, four goals, five goals. I mean, if you are a defensive team and they are an offensive team, wow. I mean, who's going to win out of this? In that sense, it really is quite an interesting matchup. I mean, I don't know, that potentially for me, that could be one of the kind of, oh, I'm intrigued what's going to happen here. We said about um, uh, Boston, Boston, Carolina, maybe Dallas, Calgary could be the one that is a little bit more, not really sure, the interesting one to watch out West. If you had to pick two different matchups to watch, one East, one West, maybe those would be the two that people would pick. I think we were saying first about game, the first game the tonight, first game. Isn't it? Yeah, first game. Yeah, I was going to say first game. Ten thirty. But we were saying about the importance of the first game. You know, maybe it's less in the seven-game series. But I think for the stars, it's more important because of how little we're scoring and how low on confidence we are. We've got to have a good start, and we've got to win game one, and we've got to try and keep Calgary scoring down, and we've got to get some goals. And if you do that in game one, that sets you up for the rest of the series. But I think if you go through game one, not scoring, conceding lots of goals, our, our confidence is already seen shot. I just, I just can't see us. But that's that seems to be the really tough bit, doesn't it? If your if your team can't score, I know it sounds really fundamental because you've got to you've got to score to win hockey games. But if your team struggles to score, all it takes is the opponent getting one, and then you can see the heads drop. And it's you know, whereas you've got if you've got teams who who do score for fun or at least know they've got three or four goals in their back pocket then they always know they're in with a chance. And I always find it hard to watch a team, as you say, Matt, like it's, you know, a goal or two goes in and you think, well, I've, I've, I've seen nothing to suggest we're going to score three. So how are we going to do it today? And yeah, I guess that's going to be the key, how much they can keep Calgary scoring down. And if they can do that, then who knows? But scoring tonight. Goal, You're watching live tonight? Uh, yeah, live tonight. And then game two and three, are 3.30 in the morning. So I'll, We'll be catching up with them in the morning. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, they, I think all of the series have got really tight schedules. I'm surprised at how um, like condensed they are. So I think every series has got a back-to-back in the first four games. Um, and I think it, I think we're playing Calgary four times in in like six days or something it's, it's ridiculous I think that's right though when they're in a bubble they're away from their families let's get on with this you know whilst people are healthy they're all together the, the scene is set let's crack on because then we just want to yeah let's get on with the next <laughs> yeah, season it's easy for us to say isn't it yeah <laughs> I know. get it over and done with so we can start next year come on uh, <laughs> well look I mean I'm taking a, a holiday so I'm not here for the next episode or two um, I'll leave it in funny that your... isn't it She's just such a glory hunting supporter, Claire. Just go <laughs> around for the lease and then goes away as soon. You waiting to book those flights? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I'm driving. I'm in a in a camper van, um, so I will be on rusty signal, like kind of refresh, refresh, refresh NHL app, just to see what happens and see how ridiculously wrong we are in our predictions. So plenty of heart and head decisions that we have here. Um, it will be interesting. And now me and Jolun doesn't matter we're just here to just cheer whoever on and enjoy the sport for what it is so that was going to be my question claire i'm picking the canes as my new uh, my new team 
Who are you gonna uh, who are you gonna back? Oh, I mean, I kind of feel like I have um, Colorado in the west, and then Philadelphia in the east. Ooh, interesting. Um, interesting. So I, d- I don't know. I, I'm Nazim Kadri of... versus James Van Riemsdyk. <laughs> oh dear! Everything comes back to the least. Jesus. <laughs> right. We better leave it there. Um, if you want to uh, engage, interact with us, we're at NHL Fans from Afar on Twitter. We have an email actually as well. NHL Fans from Afar at gmail.com. Um, I'm Claire. He's Jolon. He's Matt. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>